Early Dungeons & Dragons modules were simply a dungeon filled with monsters and traps, and it may have had a little wilderness surrounding the dungeon as well. And with the exception of a simple hook like, stop the dangerous monsters and take their treasure, there was no story per se. However, in 1984, things began to change. A new kind of module hit the store shelves. Adventures that focused on storytelling, world-building, and well-developed characters. TSR even published a trilogy of novels to go along with the modules, and this had never been done before. Today, we're talking about Dragonlance, and the module that started it all, Dragons of Despair, on the Old Men Rolling Dice Podcast. Rolling Dice is brought to you by CanadianDice.ca. Don't forget to use the OMRD code at checkout for a 10% discount off your entire order. Hey, this is DM Jeremy. Thank you so much for checking out the Old Men Rolling Dice podcast. Everyone is welcome at our table and nostalgia is what we do. We talk about old school role playing games and as a result, we talk about Dungeons and Dragons a lot. I couldn't be more excited. Today, we're going to talk about Dragonlance. We're going to talk about Dragons of Despair, specifically the first module in the Dragonlance series. But first, I just want to go over a little bit of history and a little bit of background about the module. So Tracy and Laura Hickman came to TSR in 1982 to work as staff writers, and they had already self-published some modules. Maybe you've heard of them. A little thing called Rahazia and Pharaoh. In both of these adventures, you can see the influence of storytelling and well-developed characters as opposed to sort of kick down the door dungeon exploration Dungeons and Dragons. The duo would also write the masterpiece Ravenloft while with TSR. Uh, Ravenloft is maybe best left, though, for another day to discuss. While driving cross-country from Utah to TSR in Wisconsin, they came up with this idea of Dragonlance, the Dragonlance universe. They discussed two ideas. First, an entire world used to support a storyline and a world dominated by dragons. Was it fate? It might have been, because when they reached TSR, they learned that TSR wanted to develop a series of dragon-based role-playing adventures. Tracy Hickman pitched a series of 12 modules, each featuring a different dragon. This would be developed further and eventually become the Dragonlance setting. TSR would also step into the world of novels with this project. The novels would follow the adventures laid out in the D&D modules. Enter the talented Margaret Weiss, and Hickman and Weiss were chosen to write the novels that would go on to become known as the Dragonlance Chronicles. The first novel, Dragons of Autumn Twilight, was written after the completion of the first four Dragonlance modules. But Weiss and Hickman felt that this was constraining and made the novel feel too episodic. Moving ahead, the novels were completed first, before the related modules were written. I just want to take a moment here to tip my hat to the Dragonlance Chronicles trilogy. This series was so impactful in my life as far as from a reader's standpoint. Uh, was not much of a reader, 
picked up these books, was hooked immediately and taken away into a world of fantasy, magic and adventure. And I can't recommend them enough. If you haven't read them, do yourself a favor, pick them up, give them a read. I think they still hold up. So Dragons of Despair is the first module of the series of modules for Dragonlance. And it was published in 1984, and readers and dungeon masters would immediately notice some differences from a standard Dungeons & Dragons module of the time. Let me read you one of the opening paragraphs. Dragonlance contains a story. Players generally will spend the first part of their play gathering information about their quest. This information will direct them to the sunken city of Zaxaroth, where the dungeon part of the adventure takes place. I think it's very telling that this module feels that it needs to state up front that Dragonlance contains a story. To me, this is a flag and it's highlighting a shift in gaming. At this point, Dungeons and Dragons is 10 years old. The game is evolving from its wargaming roots and it's becoming a way to tell stories. And I think this is proof of that. The first page of the module also details how the world of Kryn differs from regular D&D. And these changes are not small by any means. The first is gold has no value here. The second, clerics have not existed for 300 years and dragons have not been seen for a thousand years. And as for halflings, there are no halflings on Kryn. They are a race called Kender, and they have very different abilities. For a modern player who's used to many different settings and has experienced maybe a DM who homebrews their own world, this might seem pretty tame. However, when the book was released, these were major changes that really set Dragonlance apart from a regular D&D game. Other modules being published at the time were set in a vanilla world where everything in the player's handbook and the dungeon master's guide were valid for the world. There were no special homebrew additions like this. This isn't to say that Dragons of Despair was a total departure from traditional modules. It still had a wilderness portion followed by a dungeon, and both were mapped out. And in both cases, there were keyed locations on the maps with information in the corresponding key. Pretty standard stuff, right? The module has a timeline of events that also occurs, though. The events would trigger based on in-game time. For example, in Event 2, the party finds Goldmoon, an NPC, and this event occurs after 1d4 encounters in the game. I can't be sure that this is the first time this type of design occurred in a module, but it still feels pretty progressive to me, and it's pushing the advancement of module design along with these other changes that we've discussed. One of the greatest criticisms that the Dragonlance modules receive, and Dragons of Despair is no exception, is that they were railroads. And what I mean by this is that in order for the Dungeon Master to achieve the story's goals, uh, they need to take away the player's agency and make choices for them so that the game continues on the path intended. And then this is called being on rails or, or, or being railroaded. And I don't agree with this criticism for Dragonlance or Dragons of Despair. I will concede that the modules are linear, but a linear story doesn't mean that it's a railroad. 
The module is not just an open sandbox where the players can just run out into the world and explore willy-nilly however they would like. But I would say there's very few modules out there that actually do that. Most of them have some sort of assumed course of action to be taken. So let's look at the plot of Dragons of Despair. Let's look at the course of action to be taken. And then I'll give you some ideas and some tips on what I did to make sure that Dragons of Despair doesn't become this dreaded railroad that everyone is talking about. Let's start with the player characters themselves, because Dragons of Despair comes with pre-generated characters based off of the characters found in the novels by Tracy Hickman and Margaret Weiss. And I would say, unless your players are very gung-ho to play these iconic characters from the novels, don't do it. I think it's a bit of a trap that you fall into a preconceived idea of the story because you're playing characters that you're familiar with from a novel. Instead, make your own characters and have them become the Dragonlance heroes. And if you'd like some tips on creating Dragonlance characters, go over to the Old Men Rolling Dice YouTube channel. We've got a video there called How to Create Perfect Dragonlance Characters, and we walk you through how to make a great character for a Dragonlance campaign using these modules. The storyline for Dragons of Despair begins with the PCs meeting in the settlement of Solus, and this is their home, and they've been away on individual quests to find signs of true clerics, because remember, there are no clerics in Kryn at this time. They've been gone for five years, and they've been unsuccessful in finding any signs of the true gods, the true clerics, and now they're coming back for a sort of homecoming. All right, so two real important parts of running this adventure. One, Solus is the player's home. It's not some random town that they've arrived in. They are coming home and they need to care about the town and they need to care about the people there in the town. The second key part to this story is that the player characters have failed in their mission. It's been five years and they have not been able to find true clerics or true gods. And maybe they're disappointed about that. Maybe they're upset. Maybe they feel like failures. And then they're going to get a piece of information next in the story that's going to turn it all around for them. Through a number of timed encounters and wilderness encounters, the players are directed to find a blue crystal staff, a staff of healing power, a staff of great magic, and this is what sets them off on their quest in Dragons of Despair. Once they have the blue crystal staff, there are all kinds of dangers presented. Hobgoblins are trying to get the staff, these strange dragon men are trying to find the staff, and before long the players start to learn that maybe the answer to what this staff is and where it comes from is in the ruined city of Zach Saroth. Assuming the players have bought into this idea that their characters wanted to find true clerics, true gods, they now have a crystal staff that can heal, which is unheard of in the world of Kryn. So now where did it come from? And with everything pointing to the ruined city of Zaxaroth, 
it becomes a very natural next step for the adventure to take. In the final act of the module, the players reach the swamp-covered ruins of Zaxaroth, and they begin to search for knowledge of the ancient gods of good. They encounter draconians here. They have an opportunity to find some baby dragons. And remember, dragons have been gone from Kryn for over a thousand years. Most terrifying is an encounter that they have with Cassanth, an ancient black dragon living beneath the ruins of Zaxaroth. Cassanth does a flyby attack on the adventurers and then retreats down a well, and the players then follow her into the depths of the ruins. Beneath the ruins of Zaxaroth, we start to get into really traditional Dungeons and Dragons and dungeon crawling. It's filled with draconians, there's gully dwarf slaves, and all kinds of other monsters that the characters have to contend with. The climax of the story is a confrontation with the dragon Cassanth. And this is an extremely challenging task for the party, but if they have the blue crystal staff, they will be aided by the goddess Mishakel. The adventure ends with the PCs recovering the discs of Mishakel, ancient relics from the true clerics of Kryn, who have not been seen or heard from for over 300 years. By the end of this module, Kryn has seen the return of the true gods, the return of dragons, and really, what is more epic than that? These are the types of adventures we want in Dungeons & Dragons. These are the types of stories we want to be a part of. And it's for those reasons that Dragons of Despair by Tracy Hickman is one of my favorite all-time Dungeons & Dragons modules. And as I said previously, I am more than willing to admit that this adventure is very linear. But how the characters come to possess the Blue Crystal Staff and how they get it to Zaxaroth is entirely up to them. And for that reason, I don't think it's a railroad. Old Men Rolling Dice is brought to you by CanadianDice.ca. Don't forget to use the OMRD code at checkout for a 10% discount off your entire order. If you would like to see a group of players run through this adventure, head over to the Old Men Rolling Dice YouTube page. We did do a live play of this not too long ago. We played it with AD&D rules to keep it as close to the original as we could, and we had a great time with it. Thank you so much for listening to the Old Men Rolling Dice podcast. Do us a favor, leave us a review wherever you're listening to podcasts or hit the like and follow button and we will see you next time for our next episode.